country in Western Europe, but what happens here tends to act as a preview for what's about to happen in the rest of the West. So when a couple of weeks ago, the founder of the populist Vox Party was shot in the face here in Spain, we paid attention. The shooting came at exactly the moment when the left in Spain is trying to take over the country extra-legally, pardoning terrorists, offering amnesty to terrorists against the Constitution in order to take complete Welcome back to Resistance Welcome. Chicks. Welcome. You have your arm? We're your hosts, Leah and Michelle. We are up close and personal today with the camera. Do I need to make it we back? We had it all turned around. Do I need for, to back nope, it up? it'll be all right. We're good. So it's world news and we're running very, very behind, but it'll be worth it. It's going to be an awesome show today. So no excuses one today. One of my favorites, Gert Wilders. Yes. Um, making more waves of uh, over there in the Netherlands. No, his party uh, has soared in the polls. He's been working on a conservative anti-immigration or migration um, conservative party. And it, he's been working on it. And he actually almost won. Uh, in 2017, we, we covered there was a huge rise. Riding on the, uh, cover, uh, on the coattails pretty much of Trump. But not really just Trump. Because the <clears throat> conservative fervor has been... Uh, Boiling over, yeah. Especially since the migration uh, policy of Angela Merkel there in Europe, so France was going to see a you know president, the prime minister, president. Uh, uh, what's her name? Angela Merkel? No, France. Oh, Macron. No, no, she, the the chick, the girl. Le Pen. Le Pen, yes, was going to see Le Pen. Okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm running very behind. I'm going to be sharing the show, so my brain's only going to be half here. So don't expect much interaction from me until I get this done. Okay, so Marine Le Pen and Gert Wielders were on the cover of uh, the uh, Economist Economist magazine. magazine. And it was like this weird tarot card Oh, it was so thing. creepy. And Trump was on there, and then Gert Wielders and Marine Le Pen. And we were really kind of excited. Everybody was kind of like, are you tired of winning? And everybody was, in, you know, kind of you know, going in that direction. And you could see that there was a huge pushback, a globalist pushback. And I do believe that what I really want a better term than populist movement. It populism what does that mean put in your country first yeah and and so i'm just calling it a conservative movement that's the best thing that's the best way i can i can describe it uh those who would like to conserve their nation now this this week in the past um two weeks spain has undergone what we're, we're calling almost like a revolution 
where the um, the government of Spain, which is socialist, which just declared Palestine a state, oh my, made a deal with some Catalan separatists and said, "Listen, if you help support our government, we're going to make this deal with you." And those in Spain, there is a huge uprising in Spain of conservatives who do not want the mass migration. And just to let you guys know on Facebook, we're not going to do a lot on Facebook today because I just need to not watch what I have to say. And a lot of this has to do with migration. And that's kind of the push that you're seeing. But it, it's moved from migration, which is kind of interesting with Gert Wilders because he kind of ran on this, hey, look what's happening to Europe um, platform. platform. And you put books right here where my foot no, goes. I didn't. I don't know. What happened is <laughs> the doors got closed. And uh, uh, so we just need to get rid of all these. <laughs> the doors got good. closed. And when yep. the doors got closed, the, 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 all the albums got pushed back in. Okay. <laughs> They're just all there. <laughs> I've got a footstool here. There we go. Dear God. <laughs> what is going on? Look at the camera. Because we are, this is a very professional show we have here. We have a video right? camera and we have all I, this stuff. And I closed the doors and the books. And it's, literally, we don't have a footstool. I'm going to have to go change. I am so sorry. I have on a thermal shirt and this flannel, and we I am like so started. hot. Oh my gosh! I, you look great. It I is know. warm down here, though. It's like almost Thanksgiving, and it's like it's seventy degrees outside today. So we, I, I have a short sleeve shirt on. This is great. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna start in the Netherlands so I get my sister back. Gerd Wilders, a staunch critic of Islam and the European Union, hailed a recent poll that has put his anti-mass migration party tied for first place. Now, this is very interesting. Why is the Netherlands even having an election? Well, their uh, previous prime minister, Mark Rutte, who was the, he was the lead guy in their coalition government. They have these coalition governments in Europe. We don't know anything about that here in the United States. We have two parties and you must be part of the two parties, which is basically one uniparty. But in Europe, they often have coalition um, governments where whoever has the most votes gets to try to form a government with other smaller parties. And the party with the most votes forming the party, it's called a coalition government. So it looks like Gert Wilders and his party is going to be the party that is going to be forming the coalition government, which is absolutely huge. Mark Root was ousted pretty much in the wake of the farmer protest when they were going to take all of these farms from all these farmers. And you saw you we covered this and we covered this and covered this and, and, and even their neighbors over there in um, Berlin and uh, Germany we're getting in on it and not going to we're not going to take part we're not going to be part of this globalist agenda that is is seeing you know the takeover of people's land so uh mark root who announced his resignation from dutch politics earlier this year over dispute on migration over after over 13 years in power 
Polls have suggested that like the likely formation of a right-wing coalition government amid growing discontent in the country over mass migration. The mood, which has seen right-wing and populist parties surge in support across Europe, is apparently playing out similarly in the Netherlands. And a poll from Dutch pollster um, on Saturday showing Gert Wilders' party for freedom, the PVV, tied for first plate, al place alongside Roots People's Party for Freedom and Democracy, the VVD, now uh, led by another guy. Both Wielders, Euroskeptic and anti-migration PVV party and the center-right VVD were projected to by the poll. Now, interestingly, when Mark Root's party won, uh, it wasn't that big of a deal because they were center-right. However, they're not. There's no such thing as center-right. It's only far left. Angela Merkel's party, supposedly the Christian Democratic Party, which is center-right, okay? She's far left. There is no, like, even when you call uh, Gert Wielders right wing, you can't call him far right. There is no such thing as far right anymore, okay? It's all just uh, center. It's all center. Uh, both Wielders, Euroskeptic and anti-immigration party, all right, uh, were projected to poll, uh, by the poll to secure 26 seats in their House of Representatives, a piece in the general election. Uh, don't bring up the tab, Jake. I'm all. Wielders, uh, who during his 25 years in politics has long been chastised in the establishment media as far right over his strident opposition to the Islamization of the Netherlands, hailed uh, the survey as a game changer, declaring that no one can ignore the PVV voter anymore. Um, with 76 seats being required for a majority, it is a foregone conclusion that with a crowded field of 26 parties, they have so many parties uh, vying for representation. A government must be formed on a coalition basis as no single party is anywhere near uh, picking up close enough seats to form a government outright. Wielders has attempted to soften his image and rhetoric during the debate, saying that he is willing to shelve his hardline stances on Islam. He, he wanted to ban the Quran and all mosques to form a coalition government and deliver on pressing priorities of the Dutch people, such as reducing immigration, improving health care services, and tracking... Uh, ta tackling the growing housing crisis in the country. It remains to be seen, however, if the center-right parties, such as uh, the, um, the previous party that was run by Mark Root, will be willing to form a government with Wielders. The, uh, the guy who runs it now, <laughs> Zuru, uh, I, was, I guess it's a chick, sorry, the daughter of Kurdish and Turkish migrants, has taken a stronger line on immigration than her predecessor and has so far refused to rule out joining forces with Wielders. However, amid the surge in the polls, she has begun to levy criticisms at the populist firebrand, saying on Saturday, on the other hand, he says that all positions can be in the trash, and on the other hand, he is for Nexit, Netherlands leaving the EU, against climate measures, and then you still have this his attitude towards Russia. Uh, you really don't know which Wielders you have in front of you and what it's all about, but it's worrying, she says. Nevertheless, she once again refused to close the door to a potential partnership with the PVV, saying she does not exclude voters. Meanwhile, Peter Omskitz, a popular center politician who made his uh, bones going after uh, corruption in the root government and who has been seen as a favorite to become the next prime minister, has said that Wielders' stance on Islam will likely rule out a partnership. Yet, with support for his new social contract party faltering over the past month, uh, amid Amit's hesitance to commit to putting himself forward as his party's candidate for the prime minister, falling from a projected 30 seats to uh, third place at 23, it is unclear if, if he will be in a position to reject joining with Wielders. Uh, like these other two part, like the other party, 
uh, with the with the chick, the Turkish chick. That we can't pronounce um, her name. Umstick uh, has also argued for the need to reduce immigration and has said that the importance of the issue would likely prevent him from allying with the Labour Green Left Bloc of Green Agenda architect and longtime Eurocrat Franz Timmermans. Thank you for having a name we can pronounce. <laughs> Omsit's <laughs> insistence on not pairing with Wielders has drawn criticism from Caroline von der Plass, the leader of the upstart farmer citizen movement, the BBB Party, who said earlier this week that he should be open to any cooperation and said that she would lobby Omsit's on behalf of Wielders. The farmer party, the BBB Party, which became the largest political party in the country earlier this year after a stunning performance in the provincial elections, has so far not been able to replicate its success in general election polling currently projected to pick up seven seats in the House of Representatives. Nevertheless, the BBB, which still has a strong position of power in the Senate and local governments, would likely be a coalition partner in any right-wing bloc, from which it would likely continue its pushback against the European Union's green agenda and plans to forcibly shut down thousands of farms in the Netherlands. So this, uh, the Dutch uh, Farmer Party uh, calls for, in September, the Dutch Farmer Party called for hard asylum seeker cap and opt out of EU green agenda in election manifesto. So the Dutch farmer pro farmer populist party, their vision of self-determination for the, the people of Netherlands arguing in its election manifesto that the country should have the right to opt out of the European union agreements on the climate and mass migration, firmly planting its flags on the populist right of the Dutch politics, the farmer citizen movement, the Boer burger Buwig, the BBB, has called for a radical overhaul of the current asylum system. This is very interesting. So remember that in South Africa, there's the chanting of kill the Boer. So in the 1600s, it was, it was Dutch settlers, the Boer, that went down to uh, settle uh, South uh, Africa. Just throwing that out there so you guys understand like how, how migration has worked. The BBB party also noted, and this is, this is the thing about migration. You welcome migration when it makes your when it makes your country better. And at the time, the Boer from the Netherlands, they didn't take over anybody's property at the time. The people, this the, the Africans that are there now, they're not descendants of those who were there in that region. And they made life better. Hmm. I am not for racism, but there are reasons why. The, the, the Dutch Be careful. tend to, no, they're Amish here. Okay. Yeah, you're right. No, they, they tend to be the, the farmers that moved, they are gifted. The farmers they're that anointed. moved in the 16 and 1700s were in, were very, uh, exclusionary. The Amish here in the United States, have you met some of them? They, they, the, what they do not have Westerners in their we're called church the and in their group. We're called the English. We are literally not them. They're not part of them. And so those, those, the same split, part of them came to the United States. Some of them went to South America and some of them went to South Africa. Unfortunately for the, what, for the, those that went to South Africa, they didn't understand the pushback that they would get because their excluding of out, outsiders excluded a certain race of people because there mm -hmm. were no other, no other white people down there. Right. And so what they probably became racist over time because they're looking at the outsider saying you, this is how I identify you as different. The Amish here wear certain clothes and they know that people who do not dress and look like them are not part of them. Right. So there, it is very, it is very exclusionary. Is that right? I don't know. 
It's a religious belief that they have. The Amish believe in excluding everybody else. They just do. I don't know why. You talk to them. I'm just saying that they're the same people. They're the board. They're the same. They're the same people. They just went in like three different directions. Okay. And they get called racist down in South Africa. And here they're just exclusionary. Okay. So, and they're very exclusionary. But they made life, they, but they grow food very well. And they love people from a distance. <laughs> okay. It's true. All right. You don't get to come in, tell them what to do. They have their own little, they even have their own like little government, right? They have, the Amish have their own like government, right? They, they, it's like a little Native American, you know, tribes and talk to them about it. Do I agree with it? No, but I'm telling you what, those Boer farmers know how to farm and they helped Africa become the breadbasket of, they helped South Africa become the breadbasket of Africa. They, right now, the Netherlands is the number two exporter of food to the world. Tiny little nation, like 17.5 million people or something like that. That's why they, they're saying they can't take any more people. Okay? So I just wanted you guys to kind of see the political, historical movement of, of, of people there. If you're going to move to a place and you're going to make it better, you're going to grow food, you're going to build things, you're going to be a productive citizen. That's way different than what we're seeing right now in Europe. I would say this, though. The people coming over the border, most, most South, South Americans are building. They're very good builders. And they're very good farmers. And they're very good construction people. They are. They absolutely are. And we got to say call credit where credit is due. Okay? Unfortunately, bad actors come through the border as well. That's why you have to close the border. The BBB party also noted that strains put on the housing market saying newcomers to our country should no longer be given priority for housing. It is explicable, inexplicable. inexplicable that a 30-year-old Dutch person cannot get a house, but someone who just comes here immediately gets a house. The party not only called for a hard cap of 15,000 asylum seekers per year, but also called for the EU to adopt a similar scheme proposed to, by the UK to send those applying to, for, refu for refuge to countries in Africa, such as Tanzania, Malawi, Nambia, <laughs> or Senegal. Uh, it also criticized Brussels for failing to secure its external borders and for not deporting those who have no right to remain in Europe. Asylum seekers have no right to stay in the Netherlands, must return as soon as possible to their country of origin. The BBB is committed to good relations with countries where these nationals reside, have to go back. Where countries really do not cooperate, there should be financial consequences. Perhaps more importantly, the Populist Party argued that Europe as a whole needs to develop an African strategy to deal with the large influxes of economic migrants, which the BBB said will likely only increase as the population of the continent is set for massive growth this century. I'm not going to show you this video, but I am going to describe it because um, there's a particular Twitter account. It shows a lot of the ramifications of what happen of, of migration has done to Europe. And I'm going to play some, but not a lot of the violent ones. There's one I'm not going to play, which not necessarily was violent, but I will describe to you. A man who's obviously of African origin, buck naked, in a fountain in Italy, with like 20 cops trying to arrest him while he is bathing himself. Buck naked. And one of them was a female cop. And there's, they're literally, this guy is so strong that it's taking like 20 Italian cops who it's, it's cold He's right now. He's fighting to bathe? Yeah. 
And he starts splashing him. Get out. No. But you can't show it because no! he's butt naked. No! But he kept a red hat on. Get out. No. This feels like more than just he was bathing. This feels like a protest. No, because I saw another person washing their pots in a puddle. Oh. Ew. No, they do. They go up to fountains and they, they, if there's no clean showers and you have to wash yourself and you see some water and you're not on the coast and there's no ponds. There's no ponds? What kind of dream have we just created? Okay, if there's this and this and this and this and this, okay, there's ponds. They're in the city, like they're in Paris. They're in, they're in. Well, actually, they. I don't know how clean the water is in Venice, um, but they can't. They, they. I mean, obviously, the water is obviously clean in a, their fountains. There's, you know, probably chlorinated, you know. So if you want to be clean, but no. it's cold. This was this is a video recently taken. So the the police are all dressed in their cold weather gear, and it's wow. So, yeah, that the, uh, the BBB party argued that the Netherlands, which is home to some of the most productive agricultural systems in the world, could help teach African nations to develop the intensive agriculture and livestock farming methods that they will require to feed their populations and therefore reduce the number of people fleeing to the continent out of poverty. Elsewhere in the election manifesto, the farmer citizen movement declared that it will seek an end to su- the suffocating nitrogen regulations inspired by the EU Green Agenda. The outgoing government of Prime Minister Mark Root argued that it would be necessary to cut night. This is the whole point of the night, the um, farmer protest, cut nitrogen emissions from livestock, from livestock farms in half in seven years. They wanted to cut all farms and all they wanted to cut the cattle and pigs and chickens and all that in half in seven years in order to, to satisfy the EU's Natura 2000 scheme which mandates the EU member states to remove industry or farming from areas determined to be ecologically significant. Now, what's amazing is that the Dutch do farming way better than, than we do. They're not doing the, the mass in, in industrial-sized farming that we are. Right. Most of their cows are out on pasture. And they're saying that just the natural you know, defecation of the cows is harmful, but it's not. It's absolutely good for the soil. And this is the backward evil agenda of the left. Because if you, Joel Salatin, he, he and his family bought a farm in like the early 70s. And he has done mob stock grazing based on how animals move in the wild, which is in herds. So they move as a mob, graze it down, and then they move. It's not just a bunch of cows on, on ground. So you mob stock grazing. And what has happened over the years is they have developed because of the grass eating, the pooping, all this stuff going on. They have built up their soil by three feet. You can see it on their fences that the soil and the grass roots go down like prairie grass, like three feet deep. And so they're pooling in nitrogens from the depths of the earth. And it actually is the most, the best thing that you can do for any property, any amount of grass, is to put grazing animals on it. Right. Because it's a natural fertilizer, and it we the, the actually the animals convert water and the grass back into more nutrients for the grass. Because guess what? God is cool. <laughs> God knew what he was doing because you would think that if the, the cows and all those 
the, the animals were eating all the nutrients. It goes straight into their bodies, and then suddenly our planet would die off because there would be not enough vitamins or nutrients, which is why they believe we have to have petroleum, fertilize, petroleum fertilizers, but we don't because God has a system. Because actually, you can the animals can take the sun's rays and, and, and create it's nutrients. Amazing, yeah. And take water and create nutrients. And as these animals' feces go back into the ground, you can literally continually, the, the more animals you have properly on grass, the healthier that grass will be, the more nutrients it will be. 100%. So then the healthier the meat is that you eat. And the, the healthier the soil. Exactly. The healthier the, the soil, because and that makes the healthier meat. The healthiest food that any of us can eat is grass-fed meat that is not on, uh, that is organically raised without sure. petroleum. Sure. This natural way of growing food. It's, it's even, when we're growing, when we're eating fruits and vegetables, it's great. But even fruits and vegetables don't have the ability to replenish the earth that animals do. So you still need to grab nutrients from other parts of the planet or from animals to even, to, 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 to give um, nutrients to your plants. You know what I think about? Um, there was a phrase in um, the Chronicles of Narnia of, of a poor diet. You used to read about that. You know, poor diet. You know, you'd look at somebody's maladies or illnesses or sicknesses. Mm -hmm. And this is an, a, a, an older term of mm -hmm. poor diet. Now, because of our modern senses, when we think poor diet, we think McDonald's, you know, uh, processed that's, food. That's what, what they were talking about. Right? That's not what they were talking about. Mm -hmm. They were not talking about McDonald's. They didn't have a McDonald's. They didn't mm -hmm. have processed food. What were they talking about when they were saying poor diet? They were talking about foods that did not have nutrients, that mm -hmm. were not nutrient dense. We have gotten so far from anything that contains nutrients that in order to get back to healthy living, we need to get back to more animals out on grass more uh, farming, more, 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 and they want to say less, less, less. Why? Ultimately, it boils down to being satanic. Leah was sharing with me a story today um, about, I don't know if you're going to talk about this today or just there's a random story on your mind um, about this family that had kept these 13 kids and there was like feces everywhere and it was just complete the like family. disgusting living. But you said to me, but the interesting thing is they had plenty of money. So there's no reason for life to be that way except for one thing. It's demonic. So when we look at the way that they are living and the way what they want to do in the Netherlands, the way they want to get rid of all farming and they want to reduce animals, I want you to mentally picture the household full of feces with 13 kidnapped kids. Oh, that's just demonic. And so when they want to, all of this stuff, they want you to eat bugs. Oh, that's just demonic. They want you to stop eating meat. Oh, that's just demonic. And so you know how to take it on. You know how to combat it when you recognize it's, it's a demonic thing that is trying to get us away from the way that God intended for us to live. The good news, back to the story that we started with, was what, what is happening in the Netherlands. The further these demons are attacking the people, the more the people are pushing back. You know that they have the Revelation Red Pill message in the Netherlands, in, in larger than I think in any country in the world. Yeah. Okay. They, they really have the Revelation Red Pill message. What is that? That means that the kingdom of God is expanding. We are not in the... The, we're not waiting for Jesus to come back and rapture us out of the earth. Things aren't going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse, 
right? They believe, what, like we believe, and you guys believe, that the kingdom of God is expanding, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end, that we are taking ground, that we are putting the devil on the run. He is not putting us on the run. When you have that mindset, the people can rise up. So the more that these demons are pushing against the, the Netherland farmers, the more they are rising up in the power of God, and you are seeing that evidenced with Gert Wilder's party. You are seeing that, and you're seeing that all over Europe um, where people are rising up and they are they are pushing back. Right. So I want to go ahead and go to um, the uh, Tucker Carlson clip and just have him uh, talk to you guys <clears throat> about what is happening in Spain. Now, Tucker Carlson did an interview with Candace Owens saying, we have all these problems in the United States. Why are we focusing on the Middle East? Why are we focusing on Palestine? Why are we focusing on is Israel? And then he goes to Spain. So the hypocrisy there is strong. That's not a good argument. Tucker, you're going to have to come up with a better argument. Uh, but I will. I do think that I particularly think that I can cover everything and talk about everything. So I want you guys to hear what Tucker has to say about what is happening in Spain right now on this uh, push against the... Um, the Spanish socialist. Okay, one second. Gotta, Leah just now got me all her tabs, so. I don't have all of them. I know, well, I've got enough. Okay. <laughs> We've got Tucker. We got Tucker. There we go. Spain is a relatively small country in Western Europe, but what happens here tends to act as a preview for what's about to happen in the rest of the West. So when a couple of weeks ago, the founder of the populist Vox Party was shot in the face here in Spain, we paid attention. The shooting came at exactly the moment when the left in Spain is trying to take over the country extra-legally, pardoning terrorists, offering amnesty to terrorists against the Constitution in order to take complete control. Something very much like this happened in the last century, in the 1930s, and tens of thousands of people, mostly Christians, were slaughtered in the aftermath, shot in the head, buried alive. It was the beginning of the Spanish Civil War. So we thought it'd be worth coming to Spain to see what's happening here. We went to a protest, and we spent a great deal of time with the leader of the Vox Party, Santiago Abascal. You're about to hear from him. Our assessment was pretty simple. He's honest. He's principled, and above all, he's completely unafraid. Here he is. Santiago, thank you for having us in Madrid. Spain is obviously inflamed politically right now. A lot of the world is not paying attention. What do you think is at stake for the West in what's happening here right now? Yo creo que sería bueno que en el resto del mundo. Is there going to be an English no, you interpreter? Need to read it. Okay for the West in what's happening here right now. I think it's important for the rest of the world to understand that for many years, Spain has been the testing ground of extreme wokeness, extreme climate agendas, and incredibly radical gender laws since 2004. Spain is also the gateway to the Islamization of Europe, given its geographic position. It has been one of the main victims of mass immigration. We shouldn't forget the importance of Spain's connections to the rest of the Ibero, America. I don't even know what that is. 
and Latin America. Spain has had an outsized influence. Sorry, guys. Although it's not so influential now. But Spain can either slow narco-communism or become the spearhead for narco-communism. We should recognize that Spain is the only country in Europe with communist ministers in our government. That's a dynamic worth understanding. And it should be viewed with concern. Explain, if you would, to those who are not following Spanish politics, how you believe the current left government in power is trying to end democracy in Spain. How is that happening? Well, this government has not yet, the government has yet to be elected, but we have voted in normal legislative sessions for our governments to enact certain public policies. Nonetheless, this administration has undertaken a cons constituent geez, process and has proposed legislation to grant amnesty for the worst crimes committed by public servants, crimes against the Constitution, and crimes against national unity. Certainly, Pedro Sanchez is a politician who awards amnesty to other politicians in exchange for their votes so he can stay in power. He is a politician who is forgiving the debts of a specific region in order to gain the votes from those representatives and perpetuate himself in power. It is the greatest act of corruption that a politician can commit, but his efforts also seek to change the Constitution. The amnesty law has no place in our Constitution. He has raised the hackles of all the judicial sectors of the country, all of the legal and bar associations, regardless of their ideological stances, and they have spoken out in the strongest of terms. Judges in Spain today, judges from the government, as well as judicial associations, are all warning of the beginning of the end of democracy. They are warning of the abolition of the rule of law, and they are warning of a brutal attack against the separation of powers. This had never happened in the history of our democracy, and that's why we say that if Pedro Sanchez is sworn in, it will be a blow to the Constitution and a blow to our nation. And we will be faced with an illegal legislature if he's named president. Not just an illegitimate administration, because Pedro Sanchez was elected four years ago by lying to the Spanish people about his backroom agreements. <clears throat> this time, it's much more serious. He has not just lied to them. <clears throat> Sorry, guys, frog in my throat there. He is also taking this government direct, directly down the path toward absolute illegality. So... His case is that allies of the left don't have to follow the law. The rule of law does not apply to his political allies on the left. That is exactly what we have accused him of. We have made clear that the message he is sending to all Spaniards is that the law no longer applies to anyone. If the law doesn't apply to his partners and accomplices in this rise of power, why should it be forced on the rest of us? Why do they tell us what we need to have, all the permits to call for demonstrations? Why do they tell us that we have to comply with all administrative formalities? Why should Spaniards have to pay taxes? Why should Spaniards have to pay their fines? Why should Spaniards have to submit to the rulings of the court? if the accomplices of Sanchez's investiture will be pardoned. And the serious crimes committed by the politicians over the last five years will be completely forgiven.
They will say there was no crime, that there was no wrong, and I think that that's the worst thing that could happen. It sends a very dangerous message to society, and it puts our shared coexistence among Spaniards at risk. Why would we accept the legitimacy of the institutions ruled by the left if the left itself fails to respect the law? The left has passed extremist gender laws. It has passed a law on sexual consent called Yes is Yes law. But it only affects them. The son of a well-known leftist magistrate was arrested recently, and he was set free almost immediately. While some people spend days in the dungeons, when faced with this kind of accusations, the same thing happens with political crimes. They are now arresting young people for protests and demonstrations, saying they don't have permits and imposing administrative sanctions. And all the while, they are forgiving very serious crimes, much more serious crimes. Sound familiar? That the politicians are committing, such as stealing public money. Stealing the people's money and taking it home is very wrong. But stealing the people's money and using it to violate the Constitution and our peaceful coexistence is much worse. And that is what has happened in Catalonia with the separatist leaders who attempted a coup in 2017. The problem is that the 2017 coup d'etat carried out by separatist groups and ultimately stopped by Spanish society, the king, and the court system, now that coup has not taken root in the presidential palace and has the full support of Pedro Sanchez. He will stop at nothing to hold on to power. He is unscrupulous and unprincipled. He believes in no one and in nothing. He, he will sell out his own mother. So one side has to follow the letter of the law or you go to jail. The other side can do whatever it wants. So there's no more rule of law in Spain, as you're describing it. What can you do about that? We are truly facing a very difficult <coughs> problem because we don't know how long it will last. We are trying everything we can. We are supporting all the social movements that have been fighting for a long time and have mobilized multitudes this last weekend. We will also wage a parliamentary war. I don't think he said opposition. war. Thank you. We have taken them to court today, in fact, after this interview. I will be going to the Supreme Court to file a claim against the president of the government for selling off what doesn't belong to him, the validity of the Constitution and the debts of the different regions. We will give it our all. But we know we are facing a dangerous, dangerous legislature that can only end one way. Either the tyrant will have to face his day in court, or all of us who oppose him will end up in prison. Wow. That's the reality, and that's what we are trying to explain to our people. We are trying to make Spaniards aware of what we're truly facing, and we think that the great majority of Spaniards know by now the danger of Pedro Sanchez represents, but they should also know what we will have to face during this legislature, and we will have to use all the legitimate weapons at our disposal to keep this government from being formed. When you say the opposition will wind up in jail, you're the leader of the opposition. Are you ready to go to jail for this? I am willing to see this through to the end, to the very end. I represent the political force of Spaniards who love their country and their own liberty above all else. And I am not the only person who is willing to go the distance. But Spain is still a united nation 
And Spaniards will fight to see our freedoms and equality under the law protected. I believe that our children and their future deserve all of our dedication in this fight. Who are your allies in this? Has the U.S. State Department, which has as its mission spreading democracy around the world, taken your side in your effort to preserve democracy? Have, have other nations spoken up on your behalf? It's true that the international engagement has not been our priority at this time. That's why this interview is so important for us. We have been focused on our domestic response, but we trust that this conversation can help people all around the world to understand this danger that Spain is facing and which goes beyond Spain's borders. A cancer that begins to infect Spanish politics can ultimately infect the rest of Europe. When our institutions are degraded, this can spread. We have seen this in Latin America. We have seen how nations fall into narco-communist hands, one after another. This could very well happen in Europe. In Spain, we have the only government with communist ministers. It's an anomaly, but it cannot be ruled out that if the European Union doesn't take action, if they don't pay attention, the same could happen elsewhere. In fact, it is scandalous to see how the bureaucrats at the European Union have not taken decisive action considering that they have brutally per persecuted Hungary and Poland, saying that the rule of law in those countries was at risk or that there was little separation of powers when this is a total fallacy. The only thing that the Hungary and Poland were doing was defending their borders from mass immigration and defending parents' rights to educate their children in the way that parents see fit. And that is what caused the crackdown from the European Union bureaucrats. So we are concerned and suspicious about the extent to which the ideologues at the European Union look the other way when faced with a situation as serious as Spain right now. But we have hope to have allies, and we have had all along the way, Vox has had important alliances in Europe with prime ministers of Hungary and Poland, as well as the Italian prime minister, Giorgio Maloney, we have received support from many, uh, is it liberal American? What kind of Western? Okay, leaders. The Vox, Vox is a political party with important international connections. Because we're sure that even though we are defending our own homeland, we are also defending many other citizens all around the world who face the threat of globalism and feel they are losing control entirely over their future. When the middle class is experiencing, or excuse me, what they are experiencing across the West is not limited to Spain, it also happens in North America and all of Europe. I think we face common enemies and we must be able to respond in kind and look beyond our differences. The communists and socialists look beyond their differences and join together in the Puebla Puebla, yeah, group, and Sao Paulo Forum. And on other, the other side, we are rife with quarrels and spats, but I think that everyone can clearly see the problems with narco-communism on one side and wokeism and globalism on the other side with their implications for the middle class 
a todas las clases we must find a way to work together and join forces around the world. So you can pause that there. <clears throat> this is absolutely a historic interview that Tucker is doing here right now because it shows that there is a reason why we do our show here on Sunday. And I wish everyone would tune in. And I know that we are not always the most articulate, but I do believe that we bring together the best of the best of what's happening around the world. And sometimes it's hit or miss each week, what we're able to pull together and what we're able to find. And we need more people who will shine the light and show where the darkness is and show where the light is and show where, uh, we need to be pushing. Um, you know, when, when there's somebody on our side that is <clears throat> making advances like a Gert Bielders. And sometimes we miss it. Okay. Sometimes we don't understand that the prime minister there, uh, uh, Morrison in Australia was not one of us. Right. We, we, we recognize because of, of what happened with COVID, uh, it, what it, it, what, what COVID did was expose who was really on our side and who really Amen. wasn't. If you were against the forced jabs, if you were against the, uh, forced documentation, which is being put forth right now this week by the WHO, they're taking the, the, uh, European version of the passport and they want to make it worldwide so that every person in the entire world who flies will have their, uh, vaccines and their history and everything written wow. down so that boom, 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 every country that you go into has your entire medical history at, at the ready. Okay. That's what the WHO, the world health organization wants to do. Uh, and I have a clip from, um, the crazy guy in, uh, the UK there. Um, the funny comedian I'm going to play in a little bit. Okay. Um, you know, the crazy guy with the voice and the brown hair, you know, with the low cut shirts and the chains, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. It's escaping me now. I know. You Brand. Know. Brand. Russell, Russell Brand. Brand. Yeah. <clears throat> Lord help us all. The crazy guy. You just know him as the crazy guy. So over, this is back to Spain. Over 50 retired military officers have called on the Spanish army to conduct a coup, actually, to remove Socialist Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez after he made concessions to the Catalonian separatists to remain in office. Amid large-scale protests and warning of civil war over the Socialist government of Pedro Sanchez's move to push for amnesty for politicians and activists in the Catalonian separatist movement, many of whom were accused of sedition and rebellion after seeking to launch an independence referendum in 2017, for which they were removed from office and figures such as the former Catalonian president, Carlos Puigmont, fled the country to avoid prosecution. While Sanchez even admitted before the July elections that giving amnesty to the separatists would likely be unconstitutional, he struck the bargain with the regional separatist parties to form a coalition government after a Socialist Workers' Party of Spain came in second behind the center-right People's Party, which, despite securing the most votes, fell short of enough seats to form a government of its own. The decision by Sanchez to side with the separatists in a craven attempt to cling to power has reopened the deep political divisions from the 2017 constitutional crisis and has seen millions of Spaniards take to the streets over the past few weeks. Um, ahead of the, and Michelle, if you feel like playing any of the videos I've got up of the, the protests, feel free. Ahead of the prime minister being sworn in before King Philip VI, at the Zarzula Palace, a group of 51 retired military officers released a, quote, manifesto calling for the Spanish armed forces to remove Sanchez from office and launch French elect uh, fresh elections. The retired officers said the move <clears throat> by the socialist leader to pardon the separatists would eliminate equality under the law in Spain solely for political interests. They warned that his actions could result in the possible rupture 
of the unity of the Spanish nation. Therefore, citing Article 8 of the Spanish Constitution, the group of ex-military officers called upon the current armed forces to defend constitutional order, remove Santos from power, and launch French fresh elections. Some of the manifesto signatories reportedly included officers who were investigated over 2020 chat messages which discussed removing Santos from power, even if it meant having to kill 26 million sons of blanks. None of those investigated were charged, however. So he literally made a deal with the, deal, the devil who wanted him out. The public anger against the government also seemed to be increasing with an estimated 170,000 protesting on Saturday in Madrid following, following calls from Alberto Nunes Fredio, conservative People's Party leader and populist firebrand Vox leader Santiago, who we just saw, Abascal, both urging their supporters to take the streets of the capital. Saturday's demonstration more than doubled the 80,000 that took part last weekend. Commenting on the fraction's uh, political environment, fractious uh, political environment in Spain in an interview with uh, Vox's Abascal, Tucker Carlson warned that following the shooting of, shooting of the founders of the Vox Party, 78-year-old uh, Alejo, Alejo. Alejo Vidal Cuadres, the country seems to be leading, heading towards civil war. In a repeat of the deadly conflict in the 1930s between the Communist Party front and Francisco Franco's nationalists that left hundreds of thousands dead. Sanchez, Abascal said, has put on the table an amnesty law for the worst crimes committed by public representatives. The judges are talking about the beginning of the end of democracy and the abolition of the rule of law. The government walks down the path of the most absolute egalitarian. No, just illegality. Yeah. When asked by Carlson how far he would go to confront, he said he would go to jail. He would go to jail. Now, there's one uh, clip that it looked like, um, this is the same clip, this is up twice, that, um, what is this one? That, I'll get that to the minute. Okay. Well, there was one that was an interview with a lady. I didn't know if you wanted to play that. So this actually is, um, this is, I wanted to show you guys as we get into, as we kind of switch a little bit, talking about the, the, the migration and some of the protests happening this weekend. This is um, Spain's minister of social rights calls on the Spanish government to cut ties with Israel and demands an immediate international criminal court arrest for Netanyahu. Good morning, everyone. We are once again taking to the streets to stand in solidarity with the thousands of people who have been protesting in our country the past few weeks, demanding a ceasefire. Today, I want to convey three very simple but extremely urgent measures. We need to promote immediately in the Spanish government. The first is a pressure of the state of Israel to implement a ceasefire. Stop the extermination of the Palestinian people. What we are witnessing is a planned genocide against the Palestinian people. Secondly, I believe the first step the new government should do is to take to sever diplomatic relationship with Israel and join the coalition of countries led by South Africa, which this week brought Netanyahu before the International Criminal Court. Now, this is what I'm talking about. Uh, you can close her out. This is my angle that I'm taking on Israel and Palestine right now. The only thing that real, the, the, the thing that concerns me the most is that the worldwide coalition of communist socialists are for eliminating the state of Israel. And so when I hear those on the center right saying 
It's the deep state that's propping up Israel. How is the deep state propping up both sides, Michelle? What is the game here? Because actually what I'm seeing on the ground is the BBC. Even uh, uh, Trudeau got the message, we don't stand with Israel anymore. Right. Okay. So what is happening? Why is the shift moving away from Israel? Uh, and I'm going to play a video um, with, uh, if I can find it, with um, Mike Adams and a, and, and, a, and a journalist who covers Israel on the other side. But I, I, I really have a hard time right now with anybody who's calling out the government of Israel, not because they don't need to be called out, but because the vast majority of weight of the anarch-communist socialists is all for Palestine. Yeah. All I, of it. But, and, and, <clears throat> and we're not talking a little bit. We're talking in the streets, destroying property. We're talking about a level of satanic anger like this particular socialist woman who is on the side of Spain's government that wants to destroy their government, the anarcho-communist, that the man that, uh, the, the leader of the Vox Party is saying this particular government, they are anarcho-communists. Those are the ones now standing with the Palestinians and Hamas. So that is, I don't need you to, to give me a list of what's going on in Israel and Palestine. I understand people will say, well, Leah, you can't just take of, if my enemies are for something, I'm against it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the entire world, those people that have never been right a day in their lives on anything, these people who have no idea what's happening <clears throat> in Palestine and Israel, children who have no idea what's happening, couldn't find Palestine in the map, they're using them to push an agenda. What is the agenda? Why are they pushing it? And why now? I have some thoughts that I think Leah would disagree with, so I'm going to keep them to myself. You think Israel's behind it all? No. Okay. You need to go off of Facebook to say it? No. Okay. I'm just saying, I, but, but I will say this. Just like with World War One, and just like with World War Two, the same people are trying to cause chaos, and they will... It, it, very clearly in World War II, there was a, a right side and a wrong side, but you had the wrong people funding both sides. So you can have a right side-ish and a wrong side-ish with the same people promoting the actual, yes, the actual conflict itself. So what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is that when you see the Israel and Palestinian conflict like this we could we can judge this and we can talk about this all day long but the root is so much deeper than this and they would have us staying here and focused on this and i'm saying that there's something much deeper going on behind why they are why is that woman out there speaking about I this i don't think you have all the tabs I don't. I okay. had to eventually just pull them up because you wanted to watch Tucker. It was the only way I could get to Tucker. Oh, shoot. So you don't have all the other ones I have? Okay. Is no, there but another we can window go... you can bring up? Just close them all down and bring them all up again? Probably. Let's see. Because now I want to go and show you. Um, there's two protests, obviously. The peaceful protests of um, the, the pro-democracy, pro 
conservative box party, people's party protests. And then look at the contrast uh, when Michelle gets a chance to, to bring up these particular videos. Nope, wrong window there. Almost. There we go. Uh, this is great. Awesome. Thank you. So this is, I'm going to show you some video of the Spanish police who are getting tired of dealing with the Palestinian protesters in the streets right here. Mm. So the Spanish are getting tired of the Palestinian protests. Their terror riot police are dishing out... Um, Wow. Oh my gosh. Holy cow. They are like beating people back with those batons, man. That's because the people are getting violent. You know, I find it really interesting that cops carry a baton, but yet if they ever have to use it, like what's the point of you having it if you're not going to ever use it? Mm. Like people lose their minds. I don't, I'm not saying right or wrong. I'm just saying it's, it's a point. Like... Why, why, why have them if you're not ever going to, what are you supposed to use them against? Just like to break down a door? Hmm. So. Okay. So, um, since we have been obvi obviously severely curtailed as of in recent weeks to Facebook, uh, we're just going to say, if it's okay, Michelle, we're going to say goodbye to Facebook now and move, under, move over to Rumble, uh, where you are going to see videos that you want to see that you need to see. Um, but I have commentary on them that I want to be able to say what I need to say. I also have there's Miss Universe happening this this year. Okay. And two of them, Miss <laughs> Netherlands and Miss Portugal, are Mr. Netherlands and oh, Mr. Get out Portugal. Of town. Okay, so I've just dropped the Rumble link on Facebook. Um, but before we say goodbye to Facebook, this week we're going to be doing a Thanksgiving special with Scott Kesterson on Wednesday night. So instead of Revelation Red Pill... It'll be a Thanksgiving special. So Thanksgiving Eve, get really excited. It's if you don't normally tune into Revelation Red Pill, I don't even know why you would be watching our show. Um, but if you don't normally tune into that, make sure you're tuned into the Thanksgiving special on Wednesday. Even if you're not from America, come and celebrate our American Thanksgiving with us. Wednesday evening, we're going to have on um, several of our favorites from Plymouth, including Leo and Nancy Martin. We're going to do some history. It's going to be really fun. So look forward to that. All right, so Facebook, click on the Rumble link I've just put in the chat, and now we are free to move about the cabin. All right, so for a little bit of a break here on all the seriousness, um, Michelle, could you um, bring up, the, I think it's this one, which we're, where we have, uh, we have, I want to bring up Mr. Mr. and Mr. <clears throat> Netherlands. Mr. and Mr. I think that's it. Where, where's Mr. There we go. I think it's going to be that one. Okay, hang on. Mr. and Mr. and Mrs. It can't be a Mrs. if it's That's universe. Okay, so. Those are two dudes, by the way. Men. Men. The Netherlands and Portugal. Those are men. I just want to give up on life altogether. Well, what they're saying is that men make better women than women. You got broader shoulders, thinner legs, no hips, ready to go. I want to throw up in my mouth. I know. They got their shoulder pads already built in. I don't even have any words for that. <laughs> I'm just so sorry. Like, 
If that's what you want, you know, and you know what it goes to show you though, unfortunately, is that all those beauty pageants and heaven forgive me for my friends that are involved. It's just it's all, fake. It's all fake. You're just, it's just fake. Yeah. It's, it's who can fake. be the fakest, not the most beautiful. Right. Who can be the fakest? Absolutely. Yeah. We know somebody who just had breast implants and a bunch of makeup to look or make herself look good. It's not real. Um, so here we have over here in Morocco at night. You want to know why the box party is so popular. Everybody's calling them cultural enrichers now. So these are the cultural enrichers from Morocco to Spain. And then soon to a neighborhood of yours in Europe. Okay. This is it. Did you play this one? This is another crowd of the people. I played a lot of crowds. I don't know if I played that one. So these are definitely didn't give them the music. Now okay. you just left the music off. Oh, sorry. That was so anticlimactic. The situation between Morocco and Spain at the Cueta border is out of control. Thousands of cultural. And these are not guys coming to put roofs on and do your landscaping. They're just not. I'll get back to that one in a second. These are the same culture enrichers in the UK, not respecting the British police. You know, it's so weird to me when they beat on cars. I'm like, what does that do for you? Like, seriously, you look like a bunch of hooligans, by the way. Here are some cultural enrichers in Bristol, the UK. This gets really loud. Bristol for Palestine. You do not belong in the UK. You're not British. You don't get to march in the streets. Britain for Palestine. I tried to tell you this and you don't believe me. And I said this a couple weeks ago and you snapped at me on air. But look at, there are a lot of these brainwashed lefty UK people, a mix. Yes, there are a lot of Palestinians there, but what about that guy? He's not Palestinian. I didn't say I when the videos that I showed you before, and I didn't say that Britain average Britons weren't weren't caught up yes, in this. Yes, you did. You said it was all just the just Palestinian people, and I'm like, no, no these, these lefty woke when you take a screenshot, people, you're gonna have one maybe British guy over here. Keep playing and it all again. Arabs. No, what about that guy? You don't know. That's an Arab guy. They'll keep going. I'm just saying that there are, look at that guy right there. These, these people that get involved because they just kind of want to go along with it. I, I'm not saying that there aren't some, but what I said was, and I didn't snap at you, you snapped at me, was that they have with all of the men coming over the border, Michelle, they have been, there are millions of them in Europe.
And those are the people, especially when we were talking about um, Berlin, mm -hmm. all those men in those march, every, not a, there was not a, a, a natural-born German in the crowd, okay? There's a little British lady. There's probably one little <laughs> British lady. Saying. Okay. Okay, that's amazing. Okay, these are not, this is not, this is not cultural and this enrichment here. These are not native, technically, most of them. Uh, here we have the Spanish saying Spain is Christian, not Muslim. This Notice the spirit behind these two rallies. One is happy. One is definitely, when you're saying Spain is Christian, not Muslim, these people are Christian-y people. It's peaceful. Here's another one, and watch this lady's reaction. She doesn't want to say it. Then she does. That's awesome. So somebody's over here saying, don't do that, don't do that. I'm actually, awesome. I, You've watched her like six times now. I can't help it. I just love watching her face. A situation in Lampedusa is out of control again. In the last few hours, 35 boats have arrived with 1,300 illegal Muslim immigrants. Uh, and this is the island off of Italy. And I would dare say some of them probably aren't all Muslim. Because Africa is not all Muslim. This is a little bit. This is only. I'm, there were some videos that I was going to show. This man hits this woman, but it's not incredibly violent. There were a lot of violent ones I did not show you. But to give you an idea of what it's like when they come, it's not cultural enrichment. She's just standing there. That's just one of about 20 that I didn't show you. Wow. Okay. In Sweden, Muslim immigrants want Islamic Jihad in Europe. Did you see some native Swedes in there? This is Sweden. Okay, so no, I don't I do I, I don't believe that this is a native European, you know, wokeism. I do believe they go along with it. I do believe they support it for sure. Here we have pa clashes between patriots and police in Spain. In Spain. I was just his head was cracked open with blood everywhere that's why I said oh my for the podcast I wasn't going to repeat he's going to go over that one I didn't watch all that video I'm trying not to show any too much violence 
This is in Rome's Colosseum area. Italian patriots show support for the Spanish protests against socialism. So that's in Italy. These immigrants were arrested for destroying a church in Italy. Questa è l'ospitalità. Oh my. <coughs> Ripagata. <coughs> Ripagata dagli extracomunitari nei nostri confronti. Questo è avvenuto tre minuti fa. Ci siamo beccati anche tutto il peperoncino. <coughs> due, due, due passi. Guardate come hanno ridotto la chiesa del Lugaresi. Guardate che I got a sensitive mark on that from Twitter and I was like, geez, that was just showing the church it destroyed. Tanzanian Muslim uh -huh. defines the Italian policemen as animals because during a check, they politely ask a woman to remove her veil to be recognized. Italian law prohibits walking around with the face cover because the alteration of appearance makes it difficult to identify the subject. Ancora di nuovo, uso di potere, yes. qua, su TikTok, potete vedere tutti quanti. Volevo togliere a una donna il suo velo, pensa te. Upset. Wrong country. You know, it does beg the question. If you go into another country, mm -hmm. like let's say we go mm -hmm. to a Middle Eastern country, mm -hmm. there are laws that we would have to abide to. Mm -hmm. by choosing to go into that country. Yeah. And we would not make a stink about it. We would just be like, hey, you know what? This is wrong mm -hmm. that they have this. But in order for me to be here, mm -hmm. I have to know that I have to abide by their laws. You don't get to go into another country and then be incessant about them changing their laws to accommodate you. This is uh, showing how... Um the, the schools in certain communities in the UK have been completely taken over. They're, this is a, they're not British. They've been completely taken over. These are all children. No children, just brainwashed little little robots. That's why I, 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 I... Here, cultural enrichers try to break into the University of Laosan, but are beaten by police. Swiss police are not taking it. You know the problem with having bear spray? You can get sprayed. The wind shifts. And it gets everywhere. They need better. They need something better than that as a defense, because uh, you're going to end up breathing it in too, and everybody's going down. In Ireland at Dublin University, a Muslim student threatens Jewish students. We will do what happened in, on October 7th again and again. Alu Akbar. This is in Dublin, Ireland. 
That's Dublin, Ireland. I miss Rick Steves so much. I love. He's a leftist. I miss the old Rick Steves, and we just went for <laughs> Ireland. This is Lyon, not Algeria, a banner in France. <laughs> Everyone is Tony Robinson now. Well, the opposite of him. This is Leon. No, these are people fighting. These are Tommy Robinson type people. Oh, okay. It says this is Leon, not Algeria. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so you have to clarify what we were looking at here. I did. I said it. You just didn't hear me. I said, this is Leon, not Algeria, says Banner in France. Okay. I still, it wasn't enough detail for me personally okay so Lyon is in france algeria is in africa this is france not africa very good okay you got that i'm good okay i just wanted to make sure we're all on the same page so those are that's what i'm saying that's why i said everybody's Tommy robinson but i have the i have the um See, it's kind of like one of those things where you say red light, green light, red light, green light, and then you say green light, and you're like, well, so I thought we just said red light so many times. It's literally toast, 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 toast. What do you put in the toaster? Bread? Yeah. That's what you just like, protest, 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 protest. Yeah. And now you're like, different kind of protest. Yeah. And my brain was not ready for that. These roads are built by my ancestors, says this guy in the UK. It's not about what you think. It's your ancestors. It's still regular to you. The reason why you're part of today is because of what my people did. Fun times. Here we have Berlin again. Berlin is conquered is the caption on this. The uh, Palestinian flags here and the pro-Muslim march here. All you people that want to travel to Europe, not the same. This is Glasgow. Glasgow is in Scotland, in case anybody didn't know, where they indoctrinate nursery school children. These kids have no idea why they are there, but their parents don't care. This is a nursery school in Glasgow, Scotland. The two little Scottish girls there that have to be free, free Palestine. So, um, at some point, I do want to offer uh, some commentary. Okay. And Warsaw, now, this is still, Poland tried, this is a small one. Poland. Remember, not all these, these people are not all Palestinian. They are uniting under the Palestinian flag. They're Muslims. I've got a couple more here. Spain is Christian, not Muslim. Another. Um, 
Uh, so let me just, let's just take a little brief break here for a second. Because we can show all of the stuff that's happening, but we do have to seek the Lord and get to the why. We can't just cover the, this is happening and... No, that's fine. I was just going to give all, where it was happening around the world and then give some commentary because there's okay, it's happening well, we'll still We'll just take a world. little bit of a brief breather here Because it's the same thing. I've got another video from Montreal in Canada. The same Muslims, the same libertar- liberty guys, the same, the same, the same. They, I'll tell you what, you can't get Christians in the streets. You couldn't get Christians in the streets for the farmer party. In Netherlands, what I would like to pose is that it's not any one thing. I think that it's there's a multitude of aspects here going on. Number one that's easy to peg is chaos. I can I can tell you that the entire world is is headed into an economic complete collapse, mm-hmm. and I mean complete collapse. Mm-hmm. So sometimes the powers that be will offer a distraction. Mm, that's true. Before they pull the plug. Mm-hmm. Or for maximum casualties, you will have chaos like this to create instability in people already. This is Canada. And then you pull the plug or then, you know, you allow whatever to happen. Mm. So there's that aspect of it. Another aspect that I don't think that anybody is cognitively aware of, but the devil certainly is, all that you're seeing right here is demonic. And so if you can stir up within people a a heightened activity of the demonic and they start taking that into the streets, when they Mm. speak these things out, they are speaking curses and they are speaking literal death Mm -hmm. to an area. So the devil is rallying people to gather in mass protests Mm. to speak and to chant death. So when we can identify these kinds of things, then what do we do? We overcome evil with good. We start speaking the life. Mm-hmm. Leah's just changed our color. Oh, I did. You did. How did I do that? Well, you clicked on this, so Oops. it's all right. We're going to fix it. There we are. <laughs> okay. So what I'm getting uh, a feel from this is the... Um, Kind of the setup of the Black Lives Matter movement. I think it's the identical purpose of Antifa and Black Lives Matter. It's just putting a new mask on it, a different face, different name, trying to cause chaos, trying to cause instability. And why did they do the Black Lives Matter protests? You know what's very interesting is I'm seeing a different dynamic here. I'm seeing those who kind of went a little bit with the George Floyd narrative. Those are the really pro-Israel people. Right, those who did not go with the pro go with the black life, like a Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro came out a little bit on the well, maybe the maybe he. There are certain conservatives that like to err on the side of caution, like they did with Nick Sandman Mm -hmm. and all these different things. And when it came to George Floyd, even there were a lot of conservatives even who were like, "Yeah, that was bad." Yeah, we could see it happening. It took a year and a half or two years for even for anybody to say that. And a lot of people, you're not even allowed to say that that Derek Chavon didn't kill George Floyd. Right. Right? So I'm seeing a lot of those people that are the yeah buts or the yeah they did. Those are the mostly staunchly pro-Israel people right now. So mm-hmm. it's like what you've done to other people is now happening to you. 
And I'm seeing those exact same people. I'm watching those social media people on Twitter yeah. who were kind. They're they're the ones who are calling out these these. Uh, very few are calling out these protests, by the way. Right. And it boggles my mind that they could see the um, the Black Lives Matter protests for what they were because of the damage that they did. I think they're just capitalizing on very real convictions that these Muslims have. Okay, so this in the same way that they were able to capitalize on very real grievances that the black community has against whether they're real and justified yeah. is different, right, but right, they're right. real feelings. You don't have to sure. drum it up. It's not fake. Yes, we had paid protesters, some paid instigators, some. You don't even got to pay these people. Okay, because they feel it and they and their ideology has them feeling it more than most Christians feel loyal so, to Christianity. Then you have the people who are protesting the jab and protesting and we're not even on Facebook, so I can say that, you know, the COVID shot. And you have people protesting the lockdowns. Right. And you literally have two very different groups of people mm-hmm. taking to the streets. Right. And with minimal amount of overlap. Okay. And what's so strange about it is that you had the same, everybody out during COVID protesting for Black Lives Matter, promoting <laughs> right. lockdowns and forced vaccinations. Exactly. And I I don't see the, the entire angle. I, that's why I said, let's talk about some of the ones that we can see. I think there's a lot of, of things going on here. And... You know, I I would caution you guys watching any program with this specific thing that is coming to you saying, I got the answer Mm. because there is too much going on. There are too many moving parts at the core of it. Yes, they all need Jesus and it's demonic. Mm -hmm. But if you want to get to the conspiracy theory or conspiracy fact or truth or what's going on, who's behind it, who's got the puppet strings, what's what's happening here? Mm-hmm. I will tell you this, and this is a prophetic word from God. There are a lot of puppet masters. There are a lot of strings, and they are very tangled. And you will not be able to pull them back to just one thing besides Satan. Okay? There is no one. There is no one on this. Okay? That Lord just spoke that to me. You're not going to be able to identify it back to one big plot. But, like I did say, the big plot of what God is doing is causing all of this stirring up. And I would say this, and again, this is what this is the point of the show that Lee and I were going to start turning into the prophetic news. Even as I'm speaking, I'm getting more, and that's the point of getting into the Holy Spirit. I said that this was demonic manifestations, and they are speaking curses. Well, that takes me back to the word that God keeps speaking to Leah and I significantly and consistently, and that is this, mm. that when you go in to take territory, of the enemy. When God starts to advance, you can have a room or a house that has rats in the walls everywhere. And the room looks completely clean and it's fine. And you could live in that, but you got to know you're living in a rat infested area, but don't, don't make any waves. But as soon as an exterminator comes in, starts laying out the poison and the rats start scurrying everywhere and it just Mm -hmm. turns into absolute complete chaos and everybody goes, oh my gosh, look at the rats. And nobody is going, the exterminator has arrived. Guess what, guys? 
The exterminator has arrived and I'm talking about exterminating evil. God is doing something so huge and the church is arising and that is why we are seeing this and I'm telling you that's why it's tied to Israel and it's tied to Palestine because there is a separation of the church as we have known it historically that is um, has a soul tie that God did not intend for it to have with Israel. Mm. And then there is yeah. the actual church arising, the body yeah. of Christ that is moving mission forward. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing a separation of the sheep and the goats where the real church mm -hmm. is going to advance the kingdom of God and the old church is staying with Israel and the demonic forces that we're all fighting against. Yeah are in complete chaos. Mm -hmm. And so there's there are many different things that are happening right now in this, which is why there is no right or absolute wrong other than Satan and God. Do you wanna bring up this video here a little bit to play? Mom said, uh, Stephen Ben Nun interviewed by Mike Adams on Zionism, Palestine and Israel's escalation. Uh, you just need to go to my history and okay. find it. Uh, was a really good uh, kind of breakdown of what is happening there. They all just say brighton.com. Oh, interesting. You just have to, I don't know. I guess they don't. I can't open it. Google won't even give you the link for Brighton in your history. I guess not. So you have to go to it yourself. <sighs> that Bright. is Satan. I know. There it goes. Okay. It, but it just it still won't give you the preview of it. Though. That's, today. That's not the one we want anyways. This is the one we want. Let's try. There you go. Click on that. There we go. Welcome to today's interview on Brighttown.com. I'm Mike Adams, the founder of Brighttown, and today we're going to delve into events in the Middle East. And I think our guest today is ideally suited to bring you that information. It's Stephen Ben Noon from Israeli News Live, and the website is coming to light. And you know, it's very difficult for people who who maybe have not known anything really about Israel for many years now to dive into the situation and, and try to make sense because of the complexity, right, of, you know, Judaism and, and Zionism. And what is a Jew technically in different, different backgrounds, different types of Jews and, you know, all the different warring factions and so on. But country is what's brought them together. Uh, although I have some very serious concerns about the way this has been headed. Uh, nonetheless, it galvanized the country, brought them together. But at the same time, almost immediately, one of the first things that I noticed uh, when this all happened was that uh, six to eight hour gap, Hamas, not to mention Hamas makes it in past the security fence in Israel, totally undetected. Uh, Mike, I lived in Israel twice in my life, back during the Antifada during 2004. I was in Israel constantly between 2004, 2006. Uh, I have gone through a suicide bombing on September the 22nd, 2004. Uh, so I know firsthand how rapid the Israeli military, police, and ambulance services are in the wake of any kind of tragedy you could ever imagine. And during the Antifada, that was was hands down. You always saw that. The, the military's response time is unbelievable. Not to mention the other thing that I began to look at when I was already getting information from Israelis that I know that live there. They were sending me information about, gosh, Steve, this is nuts. You know, we're talking anywhere from six to eight hours, including I was getting information from former IDF uh, members uh, as well for the military to respond. And I'm like, wait a minute. You know, last time I lived in Israel, I lived in Jerusalem. There's not any point in the country that you can't get to from Jerusalem that you're not there within anywhere from two to two and a half hours. One of the biggest ones that hit me was Sederot. Sederot is a little uh, community. It's only like about a mile or so from the fence of the northern Gaza border. 
And that community there, he said that always it was protected by the military by military presence, always. And that is that's very common in Israel. When you're anywhere near, whether you're, especially if you're in the West Bank or if you're uh, uh, along the the Gaza border fence, I used to I used to uh, work at a kibbutzim, which is on the northern side of the Gaza border, so I understand this very well. But when you're there, the military has their forces there, and they're guarding all these little small communities. Well, suddenly, a few months before this operation happens, he explains that uh, actually he doesn't explain this. Another former IDF uh, uh, military uh, commander said that they begin to pull away. Uh, they, they pulled away the Israeli military presence and they replaced them with a private security group. And then they decided to pull them away and have only the residents uh, protect their own communities. And then on top of that, they pulled away Mike, because every one of these communities have their own uh, little armory there in the event something like this were to happen, to where the citizens have the ability to have uh, heavier firepower, et cetera, uh, to be able to get to it at the, at, the, at the local armory of their community. Then the military goes in there and pulls all the armories out of all these settlements along the Gaza border. Wow. And then suddenly, then you top that off with, reports coming out that 60 to 80% of the troops were removed from the Gaza border and taken to the West Bank for another for another um, possible scenario that they were dealing with. You will know this is going to cause World War III. Uh, and that became October 7th. And yes, that became October 7th there. So, uh, and that year, that's just what the simulations show as a potential. I said, so I guess that's gonna bring about World War III. He said, no. He said, what's gonna bring about World War III is an event that's gonna transpire in the Middle East. I said, what event's going to transpire in the Middle East? He said, I'm not at liberty to discuss that. But I can tell you, you're going to see an event transpire in the Middle East that is going to be so grave that when you do see it, you will know this is going to cause World War III. Uh, and that became October 7th. And yes, that became October 7th there. So, uh, and that's the sad part of it. So I actually had some foreknowledge. I just didn't know what was coming. Right. And uh, and then, of course, then, and then there's been more and more testimony that has come out. Uh, you've got... I'm, I'm very cautious, though, Mike, about when they first come out with information like the uh, the Israeli helicopter gunman firing at the uh, at the festival there, killing their own their own, uh, et cetera. Um, you know, because you don't know what's going to be propaganda, what's not, et cetera. But I do know that when it came down to where not all of Hamas had gotten back inside of Gaza before the IDF finally does show up, but when they did. Israel has what they call the Hannibal Doctrine. Right. The Hannibal Doctrine is if you're going to be taken as a hostage, they're going to take you out as well. Uh, you're talking about that, Israel, Israel's willingness right. to take out its own citizens. Right. And and, and I'm quite, I, I have to say, I mean, you know, living there, if, if, if I was being kidnapped by Hamas, I would rather them do that as well. So I'm not, I, I can't say that I'm against that. But the sad thing is, is when it was being reported to the media and they're showing these houses all completely burned out and charred bodies on the ground and stuff like that, that wasn't from what Hamas was carrying. In fact, I had a video I just did recently uh, Mike, that in that video, I'm, I'm watching the, the guy as he's running up to one of the concrete barrier walls that they were able to explode and move out of the way. And the guy's speaking in English. He switches back to Arabic, but I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And the IDF guy that sent me the breakdown, he actually does uh, speak about in what he wrote to me that uh, they were actually, there were those that were clearly not Arabic that were a part of this. Uh, now, he doesn't send me any of the footage or anything, but he does say that, you know, that there were definitely, as he, he looked at it as being European, possibly descent type fighters in amongst Hamas. Uh, he brought out how that they were very well armed, very well, they're very well trained. Uh, and that's the other thing, Mike. I mean, we've got, Israel's got drone surveillance on that whole, and I've watched the same footage that you have as well, Mike. I've seen the, the burnt out vehicles. Uh, you see a lot of the footage where, where they're showing even on the Israeli news side, uh, 
that these that these vehicles were where people were charred inside the vehicle. Right. Uh, you know, maybe an RPG, uh, you know, does have a momentum to do that. But the problem is there's just so many of them. Uh, and so you look at the helicopter footage and then you can't help but wonder if there may not be some truth to this. Uh, there have been a couple of interviews on Israeli media where uh, the survivors have actually talked about events like this. Not, not, I haven't heard anyone on the on the helicopter incident, uh, but there's even one particular interview that I saw where the Israeli uh, that was laying in the hospital, he said, I nearly died. He was at the festival. He lost so much blood. And the reporter asked him, he says, you know, he says, how do you feel about all this? He said, I'm angry. And he says, at who? He said, Hamas. He said, no. He said, at our own military. He says, where was the military? Why did I lay there for six hours dying? And the military never showed up to our families in, in Europe. Right. Now, so the, the point is that both sides are uh, propping up victims. Both sides are trying to be the biggest victim. Exactly. Um, and you can't trust anything coming out of either side. Um, if Israel did stand down and allow this to happen, then that is the same thing that uh, the Palestinians do all the time every day. So I'm not going to hold uh, Israel to any higher standard than what the, the Syrian white helmets do and what the Palestinians do who put um, hospitals on top of tunnels, who literally use... If Israelis pulled something out of the Palestinian playbook, then we're in a pretty dark place, but they pulled it out of the Palestinian playbook. That's a really good point. Okay. They've been doing this for years. They put their little kids right up there with guns and everything. And, and, and Israel does too. Israel makes every single child, as soon as they turn 18, enter into their military. Okay? If you are a hostage, goodbye. They really don't care. Okay? I'm sorry. This is war to them. This is, this is a, this is, this is a um, centuries-old battle and war. Right? Okay, in other news, um, there is a woman here, a chess grandmaster, Anna Musichuk, who is refusing to play in Saudi Arabia. In a few days, I'll lose two world titles, chess, chess grandmaster, uh, one after another, because I decided not to go to Saudi Arabia. I refuse to play by special rules, to wear in, um, a hijab baya thing, or to be accompanied by a man so that I can get out of the hotel. So I don't feel like a second-class person. I will follow my principles and not compete in the in the Fast Chess and Blitz World Championship, where in just five days I could have made more money than with dozens of other combined tournaments. This is all very unpleasant, but the sad part is that no one seems to care. Bitter feelings, but I can't go back. Wow. Good for her. Because mm. that's Sharia. Right? That's Sharia law. So I want to play this video uh, by this this uh, this guy right here. Because this week we had all these um, TikTokers saying, Oh, I understand why Osama bin Laden hit the U.S. Um, and he's explained, I think it's to the right of them. There it is. Or propaganda. To the miseducated Gen Z kids and millennials on TikTok who have been praising Osama bin Laden's letter to America. Without having a mature understanding of Islamic imperialism, history, geopolitics, or propaganda machinery. You, alongside Al-Qaeda's founder, blame and hate the West for all the evils in the world, like enslaving black people centuries ago. While black people are still being enslaved by Arab and African countries, 
right now. You hate the West for killing thousands of Arabs, when Arabs have been killing a million times more Arabs than the West ever did and ever will. You rage about the West hating women, when in most Muslim and Arab communities, women are not even regarded as full-fledged human beings by law. You scream about the West being evil while waving your rainbow flags when you would get killed or jailed in most Arab and Muslim countries for doing so. You are spreading an utterly misinformed Al-Qaeda narrative that Palestine is what radicalized the Arabic and Muslim communities, when in reality Arab communities have been radical and waging wars against each other since the dawn of humanity. None of you would survive three days in Afghanistan Yemen or Gaza, but you sit comfortably in your privileged homes in the West, defending and relativizing terrorists who want you and your freedoms dead. Before you make fools out of yourselves defending terrorists whose anti-West agenda falls in line with your anti-West woke mindset, allow me to use your favorite phrase, educate yourselves. Hmm. Hmm, that's really good. All right, speaking of woke mindsets that have infiltrated parliaments, um, this is uh, Senator Alec Innick. Why do Australian Greens resort to name-calling? Watch as they get irate over my request to refer, to refer my childhood gender transition prohibition bill to a Senate hearing. They call him a transphobe. In respect to the childhood gender transition prohibition bill 2023, the bill be referred immediately to the Community Affairs Legislation Committee for Inquiry. Australian Greens are not going to have a bar of the opposition setting up a committee inquiry that will provide a bunch of transphobes with a platform under parliamentary privilege to attract to attack transgender people a bunch of right-wing transphobes that is exactly what senator antic and uh, i'm sure senator Roberts, extremist fascists who are transphobes we are not going to facilitate providing parliamentary privilege to that kind of people. If the hat fits, he, uh, Senator O'Sullivan uh, can put it McKin. on if he wants to. Senator McKim, resume hat fits, your seat. I withdraw that comment and I will Thank clarify you. my comments. I'm, I'm, I'm aiming my comments at trans folks. That's, that's who I'm aiming them at. Trans men are men and trans women are women. That is the position of the Australian Greens, doing everything we can to make sure that this bill is not referred to a committee which will provide parliamentary privilege to the very transphobes we are talking about. Oh my, you How sound like a child. How many times did he say transphobe? It, uh, several. What's a transphobe? Because I am not afraid of somebody who is changing their gender. It used to be called a transvestite, right? Remember that when we were a kid? Um, I am deathly afraid for children who are being gender mutilated. Yes. And it's, it's child sexual abuse. I'm not afraid of you. I'm afraid for kids. And that's what I would have stood you up and said. You know that we can take all of you down. We aren't afraid of you. You push over like a leaf in the wind. So, no, we're not transphobic because we know that you are an unstable human being. You are an unstable human being. So if you're using that word, I don't think it means what you think it means. Phobe. Did, none of these people took Latin. I guarantee you. Here we have French farmers uh, are dumping tons of manure and tires at Cahors Town Hall. They denounced the delay in payment uh, and aid there for their farmers.
that that is that is what they've done this week. And I do have a good little story here because this is obviously somewhere in Scandinavia. I don't know where it's at. It sounds Icelandic, but or sweet. I can't tell. So this woman sees this moose, moose in a frozen pond and ice skates out to help break up the ice, which is, sounds incredibly dangerous to me. Which could have been very risky to her own life because it could she could fall into the water at any time. Ooh. Wow. Ooh. And made a pathway to the the moose is like t really really tired at this uh, point. Must have hung up After an intense moment or some intense moments. So there's a woman and a man there. She was finally able to make a path all the way to the shallower water for the moose to reach the bottom. And heave itself out of the water. Yes. Oh, wow. Eventually it was back on dry land and given another life by our good Samaritan. That's <laughs> awesome. So I had a happy story. I like it. I had a happy story. I love stuff like that. I know, me it's too. It's a nice commercial break from all this, this amazing show you have for us today, Leah. I have one more commercial break because uh, you guys know that we love to watch the Country Life vlog. It's um, in Azerbaijan. In Azerbaijan. And I think they even might be Muslim. I don't know. I don't care. Because they're doing their own thing. We're and it. I know. I wanted to bring it up. So my mom says, you got to watch. We'll play it. Maybe play through the, play the, the commercial. commercial yeah. You have to watch. And she makes this chicken hamburger. But they don't make food. Like, I need to work as hard as they do. Because the women eat like the men. They do. There's no little portions with them. I know. There's no... There's no medium portions. It's just all one big, por giant portion for everyone. Okay. So since there's not a lot, I'm just going to turn this up so we can watch a little bit fast. So these, these animals actually are characters. <laughs> they totally are. Actually, you don't want to watch it that fast because it's so, it's actually really soothing when they go to normal speed. So here we got their tractors. They do have tractors. That's so, our kind of gate. So, I don't know what he's pulling up here. We got our fire going. So, and they never give you amounts and they only occasionally tell you what they're putting yeah. in. So he's chopping some firewood. Just a little embroidery there. She's gonna make chicken um, hamburger. Oh my gosh. This is how she grinds her chicken. Okay. Can you imagine? So this is how she makes her chicken burger. She's making a chicken burger, by the way. Okay. Not exactly sure why he's burning the brush. He's just clearing the land. Okay. 
So she's she seasons it. He's picking up some apples because they have this apple tree right outside their front door. Turmeric and all kinds of seasonings. So then she makes this dough, right? Leah. They actually get their own flour from their own mill. Leah. I know. Look at that. It's perfect. Yes, it's absolutely Does perfect. your dough ever look like that? No, because I didn't use white flour, and I don't get mine as fine as they do. Okay. I can if I use white flour. But you do make our, you make good hamburger buns. Yeah, but look, I don't ever make them like a size of a loaf of bread. So she's putting them on some parchment paper there. What is happening right now? She's going to shape them? She's going to shape them, and so they're all the same size. Get out. It's huge. That's the biggest thing I've ever seen in my oh, life. Dude, wait, it gets way better. You watched this already? I, I did. I hate this show. She's going to she flip it over. Oh, no, she didn't. No, yeah. she didn't. She's going to make a bunch of these. And then she's going to put cornmeal and flour on top. She's them a little bit. Egg yolk and milk. She's going to put that over the buns. The buns. What? You don't ever do that. I should. <gasps> Sesame seeds. They're going into the fire. Whoa. She's making a coleslaw. Of course she is. Okay. Look at that coleslaw. That looks beautiful. The kittens are cuddling together. I need that in my life. I need that. So she's also making french fries. Oh my. I'm glad that they have all their fingers because they use some intense. She's frying them french fries. Is that boiling water? Yeah, she's, fr um, she's frying them. I think she's frying them. And then they've got these random ducks and turkeys and the podcast listeners. I don't even know why you're here. I'm just kidding. We love you guys. She's deep frying these chicken burgers yeah, that yeah. are like literally the size of a pizza. Yeah, and then she puts like, yeah, and then she puts like all kinds of oil over them. And here comes. So this car. is like the chicken sandwich. It's like a chicken sandwich. It's a chicken burger. But yeah, but a, a burger wouldn't have breading on it. So it's like a chicken sandwich. With, okay, yeah, whatever. What is that? They call them chicken burgers. Why are we not making these in our life? Why have we never made that? We've made a giant hamburger before. No, we've never made a chicken sandwich, Leah. We've never made a chicken sandwich like that. Yeah, well, I've never had a, I never had ever thought about turning chicken into. But watch how many she makes. And then she gets them out. The buns. <gasps> Who is she feeding when she makes all of this food? There must they be They work so hard they get to eat five this way. people. When you work this hard, you can eat you but, get to eat a whole one. No, you don't. Yes, I guarantee no you. No one does. is eating a whole one. I guarantee you eat a quarter. I guarantee you she's eating them. She is not eating that whole one. I guarantee you. The way she portions out her food. She works hard every day and she feeds herself well. But wh how many people are there that she's feeding? Because they sit down, there's just two of them. So I don't know if she boiled those french fries first. I think they she boiled them first. Now she's going to fry them after she's yeah. boiled them. She's yeah. putting a little breading on there. A little flour. There we go. 
Now she's, that's a fried. Mm -hmm. This woman knows how to eat. Look at. Everything in my life is wrong. All of it. I'm not doing anything right. Now watch, now, now this is the, the presentation. No! It's just, it's to die for, it's amazing. Y'all do know that french fries are one of my love languages, right? Like, come on, there's three food groups for me. Soft serve ice cream, french fries, movie theater popcorn. That's it. Watch this, watch this. This is a health food, by the way. This is not fair. We, I, I let me tell you something. A Big Mac has, as, as I guarantee you, has as much calories as these. One little Big Mac. Yeah. <gasps> she put coleslaw on it. I told you she's making coleslaw for the sandwiches. <gasps> I'm not living. start a whole nother segment from now on when they release videos we're gonna just play them and do our own reaction video to it so you guys can watch us react live to oh come on <gasps> and that my friends is real life and how come there's apples always on the tree i don't know okay that's it that's my show Sherry says, I'm so hungry now. I feel so inadequate. OMG. James says, LOL. <laughs> That's like what I, I. James says, whoop. There it is. <laughs> Sherry says, that sandwich is the size so of the, my head. Uh, the one I'm going to watch tonight is the antique cooking with the dragon egg. But why aren't we just doing a whole segment where you and I sit here and watch it live? I don't know. <laughs> All I know is that all my problems would go away in life if I just live like them. Like, that's all I want in life. I just want Donna to says, up. I'm a 30-year vegetarian and I'm drooling right now. That's what I said what I said, Donna. Come all I on. want is to go outside. I just want my kittens to cuddle. I want the crow. I don't even care about crows. I hate crows, but I want the happy. I, I want, want the, the happy crow. crows. I want the crow that is like friends with the dog and plays. Like, I need this in my life. Like, I don't even care. Like, Jesus, please, what is happening? This is not living. Let me tell you guys something. I don't ever want to go to the grocery store ever again in my life. I just want to grow all of it. All Forget the food. everything that you think is important in this whole wide world. And I said this the other day. Every single person that is not living that life is living a corrupted, twisted, satanic life. That's God intended us to live like us. that. You know what I hear from everybody who's like, oh my gosh, they had it so hard back in the day. They didn't have antibiotics. People just died every day, Leah, of all these horrible things. And life was awful. So we had to move to the cities and we had to sell our soul to Satan. We did. We had to sell our soul to Satan. James says, I'm about to eat now. 
Mom says the dragon egg has potatoes and a turkey in it. No! A whole turkey! Are you kidding me? I'm sitting here looking at the new vegetable and fruits pantry. This is why we fight our battles. This is why I fight my battles. To get back to, to that. To get back to that. Yes, that's, that is actually why we fight. Because kidding. all I want to do is be left alone to live like Azerbaijan country life blog. I know. That's all I want to do. Yeah, me too. That's all. Uh, how they have so many beautiful flowers. I don't know, Leah. All the time the flowers are blooming? I know. They are blooming. They're real. They're all not fake. The I know time. they're not fake flowers. And I know they're there all year round. Big not Rob just... says, I got a TV dinner waiting for me. So sad. Big Rob. Okay, so let's talk about that. Okay. There are some things. We should be doing shows for the single guys that watch our show so that you can cook and have some real food that's done with some very minimal basic effort. I need to make a loaf of bread. I know you guys, I, I, I grind my own wheat. So the way I do bread is a little <clears> bit different. It's um, because my, I, I need one more gear set on my thing. So my flour isn't as fine as that. So my, my bread is a little bit different, but I, everybody keeps asking me for my bread recipe and I don't really have one because each time I make the bread, like I this just, lady, there ain't no recipe on her show. I just do it differently each time. Bringing the kingdom says I picked the wrong day to fast. I'm not trying to make and cause you to sin, but let me tell you this revelation that God showed me as far as fasting goes. The Jews lived a life that was sundown to sundown. So when they fasted for a full day, it would have started at sundown on the day and gone till sundown the next day. So if you're only fasting for one day, you can eat at some point during the day. <laughs> you feel me on that? Okay, now if you're fasting for multiple consecutive days, then there's going to be days you're doing a full fast. Okay, but if it's just one day, everybody everybody can and can fast a one-day Jewish fast. Sundown to sundown. And so my mom recently... Mom says she sifts all of her flowers, and Ryan says, I just made venison sloppy joes and the sloppy joe sauces from scratch, and that's been cooking all day. Go on and get it, you Ryan. You get the sticker today, Ryan. You get the homesteading sticker. It goes to Ryan today. Yes. We're bowing Sherry down. Sherry says, you me. talk about guys not cooking while I sit here and my husband is cooking. You tell Frank good job. <laughs> Way All to right, go. What else? Is that it? That's it. That's, all that's the whole show. Yeah. Wow, that was a short show. Okay, that's well, like I two hours. Go, I need to get outside. We got to get outside well, and live life. I only have an hour and a half of sunlight, sunlight left. All right, okay, here's the thing. Here's what I want all y'all to do. Go to MyPillow.com. Mm. Because they have a whole host of um, new products out right now. And they uh, they do have sales going. Oh, but MyPillow 2.0 is uh, $39.99. Okay, that's a good deal. All right, so let's we're gonna visit mypillow.com you, you said you liked together. It? I do really like the MyPillow 2.0. The only thing I didn't like is the size of it. Mm -hmm. I, it's a king size pillow, and it's got too much fill for me. I didn't pick that. The Giza Dream Queens are only sixty bucks flash sale. That's a huge deal. That's a really really good. So deal. use promo code RC. That's a flash sale. Okay, the new all new MyPillows that have the new colors are 50% off. Oh, so that's, six, that's Christmas, 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 Christmas. Deal. And then they have designer towels like with ribbing on them now. Yes. Ooh, the, with, with the Sherpa premium Sherpa. Ooh. 
With so if you love your relatives a lot. My towels solve the problem that we've all had with towels. You go into the stores and they feel lotiony and soft, but then you get them home and they wouldn't dry you. That's why I made my towels. They actually work. They're soft and they absorb. And now I'm excited to announce two brand new lines of my towels. What makes them the best towels ever is they're now made with 100% Long staple Shapir Ooh, cotton. Nice. This Shapir. is a combed ring spun cotton that makes my towels even softer and more absorbent than ever. Guys, and um, now you get a six. Mike Lindell's under a lot of pressure, so please get support your, this man. We have three places for you. We have two places for you to get your presents from Mike Lindell. And, and they've got um, They've got kitchen towels now. I don't know where ooh, those are at. Ooh, ooh. Washcloths. They've got washcloths. These are there's a whole line of different towels. They've got clearance towels. Um, but right now, the regular six-piece, which has the new colors, mm-hmm. are um, half off right now. It's wow. 30 bucks for the six-piece. That's what you're buying people for Christmas. If they don't have them, you have And so, so nice. here's the deal. I don't know what kind of Black Friday deals they're going to be having, but we won't be, be here to give yeah. them to you. We'll be here mm-hmm. in the evening on Black Friday. But um, So I want you to be keeping in mind, okay, so Thursday rolls around. Yeah. Let me go visit MyPillow.com and see what kind of sales they have going and use mm-hmm. promo code RC when you're there. And so not only will you be getting all of your Christmas presents, yeah. you'll be getting an amazing deal. Yeah. So I just want you guys to support Mike. We don't have to do the other one because we did that yeah. one on Friday. Okay. But today I want you guys to go to mypillow.com. Well, they just finished their two big sales over yeah. there on Brighton. So if you didn't get those sales, you missed out. Um, and I'm sorry about that. But the MyPillow Mattress Topper 2.0 is 50% off right now as well. that's really inexpensive. I live for that mattress topper, okay? The same price as what you get on Amazon. Why not pay, why not, you know, go to- They've got these children's Bible story pillows. You got grandkids, okay? Um, So the the MyPillow down blankets, there's so much here. And then you can go to um, the MyStore. We haven't been there in a while. MyStore.com. You still, our same promo code applies, promo code RC, and they have a whole host of different things. They've got automotive, they've got bath, um, they've got garden and patio, home improvement, household essentials, toys and games, sports and outdoors, religious pets, personal care, kitchen and dining. Um, so literally there's no reason not to do your Christmas shopping at the my store where he partners with other people, mm-hmm. but it still benefits Mike. It benefits Patriots. It benefits resistance chicks. So guys, there's just so much, just go visit and see what, what is there. Okay. Just go and see what is there. I think that you will find that you can probably buy something for everybody between mypillow.com and mystore.com and yeah. you will be supporting Mike. And don't Lindell. forget to, um, you guys, as the world is shaking in world war three, what is, Shields are made of metal. You guys, visit ITM Trading. Yes. Remember, we're going to keep hammering this and keep hammering this so that one day you guys are going to thank me. You'll thank me as soon as you do it, um, where you are going to um, get out of the system, stop feeding the beast, the giant that is sucking everybody dry. Remember what inflation does. Inflation actually, every time, every time you actually think that um, the stock market is going up and you're making money, but you're not because it, you've got these finances and inflation is a tax on your savings. Because yeah. even if the, if the prices go up and wages go up, that money that you have in the bank, that money that you have in your savings, it's not going anywhere. It's staying right here. Right. So the things cost crazy amounts of money, crazy amounts of money. You know, we have family in our, we have family that comes over and they drink pop. We don't really drink a lot of pop. 
Um, I personally don't, but we have family do, so we. I I know when I watch the pot prices, eight ninety nine for a twelve pack, and they wanted to do, they wanted to do buy two get get three free. It's all it's all eight ninety nine for a twelve pack of Coke nine dollars. What is it a dollar a can? I've never seen it at the grocery store. This inflation is it's. Uh, literally it's not even double the price it's like quadruple prices now it's insane so you want to save your wealth you want to you want to make sure that you can preserve your wealth land silver and gold growing food all of those things are necessary right now in the climate that we're in so please visit it and trading it's a free call just one eight six six nine five zero seven 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 six. I don't see it. Up it's there. not. I accidentally deleted the file when I was deleting everything. I'm having to re-download it, uh, or go to learn.itmtrading.com, and it's in. Guys, we have the link everywhere. It's in the description of the videos. It's on the website. You can just click on it. Go and visit them and tell them Resistance Chick sent you, and you would like more information. If you have literally anything more than three thousand dollars, that you're like, I'm not sure what to do with this chunk of of funds. Give them a call, and they will help walk you my through. My honest, my. My honest suggestion to anybody is to buy gold. If you so, don't have so enough money to buy gold, then go to, go to SD Bullion and, and buy silver. This is what we do. Gold is wealth preservation. And let me explain the difference and then we'll sign off. When you look at the price of silver historically, it has been kept very artificially low. It's one, it should be one to 10 to gold or, or 15 to. Just go 10 to 1, it's the easiest. It should be 15 to 1, but let's 10 to Constitutionally, 1. Constitutionally, it's 15 to 1. Historically, for thousands of years, it's been 10 or 15 to 1. Constitutionally, mm -hmm. it's 15 to 1. But 10 to 1 is easier math. Right now, gold is roughly $2,000. So At 10 to 1, it about, should be $200. should be about 150 200 bucks. Exactly. And it's not. Okay? So it's it's rock bottom basement price prices. Super discount. So when the poop hits the fan and it does actually materialize and realize is its its level, the barterability, the barterability is, is through the roof. Okay. However, if you're going to need to be getting your money back out of silver, silver is a lot more volatile in the pricing. We've bought it as low as fifteen dollars and as high as I want to say twenty six or twenty seven dollars. Silver is not an investment for me. It's no. for barterability, and I know when the poop hits the fan, I will be able to use it to barter because it's got a. And I'm actually, it's not even just to barter. I believe that silver is the medium of exchange that's that God constitutional. Wants us to use. Yes. So a dollar is a dollar is a dollar. So when I hand you this silver dollar, you're only paying taxes on a dollar. But when so when Lee so when Lee and I make our our precious metal purchases, we're buying silver. Ninety percent of what we're buying is in silver. At SD Bullion. However, if I had large amounts of money, we've already done our. We don't have large monies. So then we're not, we don't, we're not, be... we don't qualify straight up. Our purchases do not qualify for ITM trading or we would use ITM trading. I want to make that very clear. Um, we if, don't have purchases over $3,000. If I have large amounts of money, I'm putting it in gold, all of it. But we don't have, we don't do that. But so what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is I, with our purchases are, we're, I'm talking a $300 purchase is what my yeah. purchases usually are. I'm so, just telling people that that's my desire. Yes. Is to have lots <clears throat> of gold. Okay. So, so, but let me clarify something. Your gold, when you look historically, if we had bought gold back when my mom, when I wanted my mom to buy gold and my mom's looking at me and going, Michelle, honey, we don't have any money. It was three, we can't. It's $200 It was like $200 an ounce. It's 2000 right now. There's your wealth preservation. Okay. Now, oh, Michelle, wow. If I had bought gold, then I'd be really rich now. No, you would have preserved your wealth because inflation has gone that down the tubes. Okay, it's just a way to preserve your wealth. Silver will also preserve your wealth to an extent, um, but not the way that gold does. 
All right, not in the the now while while things are where they're at, but when gold rises to its roughly ten thousand dollar value, which is about where it should be, inflation adjusted, and then the silver that you've now bought for seventeen to twenty six dollars will be worth one tenth of that or a fifteenth. So you're looking at seven hundred and fifty to a thousand dollars. Do you understand? So silver is far more heavily discounted right now than gold is. But you might not realize, we don't know when you'll realize those But gains. we don't know when you'll realize that. And so yeah. all of these things are the type of things that SD Bouillon will, or excuse me, that ITM Trading will walk you through. That's the difference. SD Bouillon, you're not gonna call them and get a personalized free phone call. And here's the thing, you guys, we're completely honest with you, okay? People who bought silver in the 80s, they're not super wealthy. People who bought gold in the in the 80s, they're, they're, they've retained, they've really, done well wealth-wise. Yeah. However, those who bought silver in the 80s and 90s are preserving their the preserving the the constitution. And that to me is much more important. And maybe it may not be important to you, but it's important to me. It's so important yeah. to me that that's what I do because I want to be able to to trade with you yeah. on the level so that this has the same value tomorrow for you as it does the day I give it to you. Right. Okay? The same thing for me. That's why I want to be paid in gold and silver. Because it has the same retain, retained value. Yeah. And plus, the tax system has to be brought down, and this so, is the way to do it. Barry says, uh, Leah and Michelle, you're better off with land. We're talking about two different things when we're talking about gold and silver and land. That's why we tell you to do it all. D diversification. Okay? Diversification. You need land for reasons that you need land. You need to get land. Okay? But if you're not buying land right now, get out of the dollar. So why do we need... Get out of the dollar. Can I just, I want to do the, a five minute thing of why you need money, okay? <laughs> why do you need money? And this is very simple. Michelle, you have an orchard full of apples. Love it. And you have a big harvest of apples. You've got a thousand dollars worth of apples. Yep. Those apples are going to go pretty quick. Yes, they okay? are. Somebody down the street makes shoes. You really need some shoes, but the shoemaker actually, actually, you have some shoes. I have my homemade shoes on right now. That's awesome. I got these from Sarah. She traced my foot. So Sarah's shoes are $100 a pair of shoes. Yeah, this is a $100 shoe. So you well, would, $50. So you would like to give Sarah a yes. tenth of your apples. Yes. Okay, because that would be $100 worth of apples. Right. But Sarah has her own apple tree. Just opened those last night. Okay, and Sarah doesn't need your apples. Right. So you need to find a way to get something to, to Sarah. Right. Okay, so that you can get a pair of shoes. Love it. Okay. Now, but Sarah doesn't have a cow. And Sarah needs cheese and milk. All right? And your neighbor that has a cow with cheese and milk, they don't have any apples. But they don't need any shoes. But they don't need any shoes. So you go to the the milk guy and you're like hey can i trade you my apples for your milk and cheese so you go to the milk guy and you say hey i'm gonna give you uh a couple hundred dollars worth of apples can i get a couple hundred dollars worth of milk and cheese okay so then they give it to you and then you go take that couple hundred dollars worth of milk and cheese to sarah and then sarah gives you a couple pairs of shoes this eliminates all of that because what if you can't find your third person that has the thing that you need right. everybody needs a medium of exchange of money because you're because we produce things that have a shelf life but barterability is part of wealth preservation it's mm -hmm. part of the wealth shield and that's why we love itm trading because they but it's food shelter, shelter water barterability. barterability your skills can be bartered but when it comes down to it everybody needs a medium of exchange 
exchange, which is money, because you're not always going to have a skill and you're not always going to have a thing that somebody else has that you need something that they have. Exactly. Okay. You may not, maybe you're a, a, a weaver and you're like 80 years old and the guy down the street has wood that needs to be chopped. Well, you can pay a young man to go chop the wood. Okay. That you need right. to keep you warm. And, and you can sell your cloth to get the money to pay the little, the young man to drop. So this is why we need money. Okay? And, and above all else, we've been operating under a false Luciferian monetary system. And in order to repent of it, you have to buy precious metals. Now, let me explain something. One more aspect of this. Or acquire. Money is not the goal. Money is a medium of exchange in life. Those... Wicked men try to bypass hard work and they want to get wealthy without working. Mm. Money is not wealth. Money is a medium exchange for the wealth that you have stored up from your own two hands of hard work. And what makes your land wealthy? The work that you put into it. Exactly. Okay. So everybody who's seeking money all these millions out there, they're a bunch of lazy nincompoops because they don't want to work. They just want the money. They want the means of exchange. No, the reason I need money is because I grew the apples and then I have to find a way to get the apples to the right people so that I can get the things that I need because we can't all do what we're... And we all need to be producing something. And no, Elon Musk, not rocket ships to Mars. That's right. So go to ITM Trading, learn.itmtrading.com forward slash chicks, or give them a call, 1-866-950-7776. This is what we call the end of the program, restoring the Constitution. With constitutional money. So we will see you on, uh, so Wednesday night for the Thanksgiving special. Yeah. Very, very excited about that. 8 p.m. It'll be streaming on Bards FM, uh, Rumble, and Resistance Chicks Rumble, so... Be tuned in. And I hope that you guys do have a wonderful Thanksgiving with your family. Happy we love Thanksgiving you guys. Happy Thanksgiving back. Happy Thanksgiving back. All right. We'll see you next time right here from resistancechicks.com. We love you. God, God loves, loves you. you. God bless. And remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory. If it's actually the truth. All right. Bye, bye guys. guys. i